just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about bullying. We're going to talk about it on a personal level, but the ultimate goal here and the main focus will be bullying on a national scale, group against group. And I think you know where I'm going with this. But I also think that each one of us, at some point or another, has dealt with being bullied. My first experience was with my father. My father was a narcissistic, sociopathic, pathological liar. He was a mini-Trump. He wasn't as rich as Trump alleges to be, but he had a lot of money for my neighborhood, and people looked up to him for that. Now, this guy was a little smarter than Donald Trump, which made him more dangerous. And he was a bully, a bully to his kids, a bully to his wife, my mom, even a bully in his business to a certain extent. But he was also a coward. Now, when you have a father that's a bully and you're a young family and you are young kids, there's really not much you can do but take it. Bend to their will and do what they want so uh, their wrath doesn't rain down on you. But as time goes by in my family, my brother and I got to be of a certain age, a certain size, a certain attitude, and we just weren't having it anymore. And when that time came, my brother and I and my father knew that somebody's ass was going to get whooped. And we all knew it wasn't going to be my brother or I. So then that's when my narcissistic, sociopathic, pathological lying dad backed off. In fact, ran away. Yeah, he left my mom and uh, went off someplace else with a girlfriend. Now, you might think my mom was upset about that. Hell no, she was glad as hell that that happened and could care less where he went or what he did. And then it was much easier for my family. My mom was a good woman. There was no bullying. Everybody was treated fairly and decently. And for that, I'm thankful to have the mother that I did. But I was still bullied. I mean, we all deal with bullying in school and business or that sort of thing. Now, understand, I wasn't this weak kid that everybody was picking on. I wasn't that at all. I was a pretty big kid, and I was strong enough. I played sports. I wrestled. So I wasn't one of the easy targets, but I was a target nonetheless for some people. And I remember going to junior high school, and it was a scary place because I'd gone to grade school. We stayed in one class. Everybody knew everybody. It was safe, and most of those kids were good. But now I go to junior high school. We got kids coming in from other schools, kids of less privilege than I or less intelligence than I, and they would all group together in this school, and this school could be a little rough. I remember telling people my first um, exposure to drugs was sitting in lunch class in my school, being in seventh grade and having these ninth graders around. And sitting at that table every day, I saw my first sight of hash, marijuana, angel dust, acid, window pane, blotter, whatever the hell they were calling it. Now, I'm a little kid. I don't know even know what the hell this is, but I know it's drugs and it's the 70s, so I know it's bad. But I kept my mouth shut. I didn't really bother because I didn't want to mess with these ninth graders. So then I get in eighth grade, 
walking down the halls like we all do. Now in this school, it wasn't uncommon for a ninth grader to come up to a younger kid, say something smart, knock their books down or kick them down the steps or something like that. That happened all the time. And there wasn't really much you could do about it if you were a 7th and 8th grader and you got these ninth grade boys that look like full-grown men. What the hell are you going to do? But at one point, I was getting deeper into my sports. I was lifting weights and I was getting in shape and I was, I was doing all right. But even still, I'd be walking down the halls and of course there's a hierarchy in junior high. And that hierarchy is, if you're a ninth grader, you beat up or pick on the eighth graders. So I'm walking down the hall, and I see this guy. He's very tall, but he's very thin. And I'm not tall, 5'7", five, 5'8", five, at the time. And I'm walking down the hall. Well, he says some shit to me. I ignore it, keep walking. Next time I see him, he says some shit, and he bumps shoulders with me. I ignore it and keep going. Next time I walk down the hallway, he says some shit to me, pushes me, and I try to ignore it, and I keep walking. Well, the last time this happened, I'm walking down the hall, and this is starting to escalate because he says some shit to me, except this time he takes a swing and hits me in the jaw. Now, he wasn't strong enough to put me down or anything, but it hurt like hell, and it was embarrassing to be in the hall in junior high school and have this guy willy-nilly hit me in the jaw. So now I was upset about this. Couldn't go to my dad because my dad would just say, if you got a bully, take care of him. And uh, I knew that's what I had to do. You see, the fact of the matter is you can try to reason with bullies. You can try to um, be nice to bullies, but they can't comprehend that. Sometimes, and I know it sounds distasteful to some, but sometimes you have to give them exactly what they give you because that's all they're capable of understanding. So that day I went home and I said to my mom, the next day I got up and I said, Mom, look, I'm going to get in a fight today. I just want you to know that I told her the story about how this guy's bullying me. She says, I don't want you to get in a fight today, but I don't know what else for you to do. Just be careful, okay? I said, don't worry about it. I got this figured out. And I did. See, I didn't know if this guy was tough or not. I just knew he was a bully. And I presumed he wasn't that tough because he was taller than I was, but he was skinny. He didn't have a lot of muscle. So I thought about this very in depth before I went toward this kid. I just didn't jump out of the blue and say, let's fight. I thought about it and I rationalized it being the rational boomer even back then. (laughs) So I started thinking, okay, I need to start this fight. I need to swing and hit them first because sometimes that's how you win a fight. But even then, sometimes they still fight back, so you got to wonder what's going on. So I rationalized, okay, he's in the same lunch as I am. So I'm going to approach him in lunch because I know there's at least four 20-ish guys in that room watching and controlling the lunchroom. So if I'm smart, I walk up, tell him what I'm going to do. I'm not going to sucker punch him, but I'm going to tell him we're going to fight, see what he does. And then I'm going to throw the first three or four punches. And I'm betting that this thing will be broken up before (laughs) before I can get punched, if in fact I'm going to get punched. So I was rationaling this thing out. Pretty good for an eighth grader, I think. So I walk up to this guy. I tell my girlfriend at the time, yeah, I had a girlfriend in eighth grade. I said, please hold my wallet, my watch, and all this stuff. She said, what are you doing? I said, I'm getting in a fight. She goes, don't do that. I said, too late. 
So I walked over to the guy, he's sitting with all his buddies, drinking a milk, and I said, look, I'm tired of your shit, stand up, we're going to fight right the fuck now. And he looked at me kind of nervous, like now I was bullying him. You see, what happened here, as soon as I pushed back, now he's not such a tough guy. So he's sitting there and I'm thinking, I got to fight this kid now. I got to somehow initiate it, but I don't really know what to do. He's sitting there drinking his milk. So here's what happens. As he's bringing his milk up to his mouth, I push him. And of course, the milk spills all over him. Now he's angry. He's not thinking irrationally. He's thinking about just striking out at me. Good. That's what I want. So he stands up, and of course, he's taller than me. The moment he stands up, I hit him about three times in the jaw. And because I'm a wrestler, now I grab my arms around his waist and pick him up because I know if I got him in tight, he really can't hit me very hard. So I pull him up, put him on the air, and I'm going to slam him on the ground. But before I can do that, two of these older guys in the room that are watching us to keep us out of trouble jump on his back, and then they all fall on top of me. They separate us, and you know what? I didn't get punched once. Not once. But this guy had a bloody mouth, bloody nose, and he was quite embarrassed. Okay, that's not even the best part of the story. The story is then they separate us, send us down to the principal. Now they talk to um, my victim, alleged victim at the time, first, and then they brought me in. And my and I'm and I'm kind of proud of myself at this point. I'm not scared. I know what I did. I know I had to do it. I know I'm a good kid, so I'm not going to get kicked out of school forever because I just was protecting myself. So my principal looks at me in the face and he's angry because he you you know we don't fight in this school. I said bullshit. There's always fights in this school. Maybe you don't see them, but I do. Now that made him more angry. He says I'm calling your mother. I said okay, go ahead, man. So he calls my mom, and I only hear one side of the conversation. And he says, Mrs. Mrs. Such-and-such, uh, I want to inform you that your son has been in a fight. <laughs> and then he gets a white look on his face. He says, what? And I know what my mom said because she told me later. She said, I told him, yeah, I know. He goes, how did you know? I said, well, he told me this morning. So he planned it out. <laughs> and uh, my mom said, yeah, he did plan it out. Well, that's absolutely intolerable. My mom says, because my mom's cool, and she says, look, this kid has been bullied by an older guy for months. Nobody at the school has done anything. The only thing he had the opportunity to do is try to save himself, and that's what he fucking did. And you know what? You can send him home here, but I'm not going to punish him. His dad's not going to punish him. We're probably going to congratulate him, so by all means, send him home if you'd like. <laughs> so the guy looks at me, and he doesn't know what to do. He says, is it true this guy's bullying you? And I told him the whole story, all of what went on. And he seemed flustered because he didn't know what to do at that point. But what ultimately happened was he said, look, I'm going to send you home. You're not suspended. You can come back tomorrow. You just need to cool off. Go home, cool off. I go, free day, cool. Now, the other guy who didn't even get a punch in the fight apparently had some problems with bullying other times. He got suspended for 10 days and he got punished after the fact. So justice prevailed.
And the only way I was able to get justice and out from being bullied is to do exactly what the bully was doing to me, bullying the bully, but being a bigger bully. Now, that sound may sound irrational to some folks, but that was the only answer. And the reason I tell that story is because I think we've all experienced something similar of being bullied. Now, not everybody maybe reacted like I did, and I understand that. It's a scary situation. It's, it's very traumatic. But I had a dad, and I had a lifestyle that put me in a situation where I felt confident enough to do that. But you see, that's what we're seeing in this country. Donald Trump <laughs> was a bigger version of my father, so I know exactly who we're dealing with with Donald Trump. Now, now all these Trumplicans and these uh, nutcases are taking on the um, taking on the uh, um, personality of Donald Trump. We've got Trumplicans, we've got racists, we've got idiots, we've got Republicans, and these people are all acting like bullies. I mean, how many times have we seen the Republicans shove something down the Democrats' throat, laugh about it, and then move on? But then bullies do exactly what bullies do. They do whatever they want. They laugh and smirk that they got away with it. But the moment somebody pushes it back in their face, they cry and they scream and they claim to be the victim. That's what my bully did. Next time I saw him down the hall, he stayed the fuck away from me. And I heard him talking about it, how I was just crazy and mean, and he did this to me, and he did that to me. He was trying to change the narrative, but everybody knew him, everybody knew me, and knew it was bullshit. So I ended up looking pretty good in that situation. But now we've had four and a half years of being bullied by Republicans, Trumplicans, Donald Trump, Republican senators, Republican House members. And Democrats do what Democrats do. They just kind of take it, smile, turn the other cheek, and try to do it the legal way or the proper way to beat a bully. But somehow, somehow, it never fucking works. Have you noticed that? As bad as the Republicans are at being bullies, Democrats are horrible at handling bullies. I mean, they've got the power in the Senate, power in the House, power in the White House, and they're still acting like a whip puppy sometimes. And that is frustrating to me. Well, that has been the case for a long time until yesterday. Finally, finally somebody is dealing with the bully of the Republican Party in the proper way. Joe Biden stepped up and said, you know, I'm getting tired and impatient about this pandemic. This is something we should have fixed long ago. But instead, we're still suffering and struggling and people are dying. People are refusing to take the vaccination when it's clearly safe, clearly doing the job because only anti-vaxxers are going in the hospital and dying. So it only makes sense if you want to stay out of the hospital and not die is to get the vaccination. But still, these people insist that they aren't getting the vaccination because it's worse than COVID. And then they get sick and die. But even still, they can't figure it out. It's either they're a cult of behavior or they're just fucking stupid. I can't understand what it is. It makes no sense. And sometimes when your kids or when your, your employees or your students or something just refuse to do the right thing, sometimes you need to put some pressure and force them to do it for their own good. 
As parents, we do it all the time. Kids don't want to do this, but we make them do it because we know it's the right thing. It's the best thing for them. And that's what Joe Biden did. He stood up and said, look, I'm getting impatient with this. We've got to get this fixed. So I'm going to mandate, make it a requirement that any company with more than 100 employees will have to be have their employees vaccinated or at the very least a mandatory COVID test on a weekly basis. Now, that's a pretty strong thing. That's something that's going to get kickback from a lot of people. But Joe Biden can't worry about the kickback or the poll numbers or that sort of thing. See, when you get in this situation, you've got to decide what is the priority. What do you really have to do? I knew when I went in my fight, I might get suspended. But I knew suspended was a lesser evil to get my ass kicked on a daily basis. So I took that choice. Turns out it was the right choice. And Joe Biden's in that same situation. Most presidents work, worry about polls and if they're liked and all that kind of stuff. I'm convinced Donald, or Donald Trump was a bully and pushed things on people and people took it. Joe Biden is not going to worry about polls because I don't honestly believe he's going to run for president in 2024, which makes him a dangerous guy. One of the reasons I get away with the things I get away with is because I just don't give a fuck. And how do you deal with that? You can't shame me. You can't call my boss. You can't call my family. I'm going to say what I'm going to say. I'll stand behind what I say. And there's nothing you can fucking do about it. And that's what Joe Biden's doing. He made this effort to mandate all companies with over 100 employees to get vaccinated or the weekly COVID testing. Now, you know what the bullies are doing? The people that don't want to be vaccinated, the Republicans, the Trumplicans, you know what they are doing? They are crying and screaming and ranting because they're the poor victims of this tyranny from Joe Biden. See how the roles switch there? They're no longer the bully. They're the poor put-upon people by this tyrannical president. That's how they play the game. But you don't listen to that shit. You don't care. You force it down their throat, just like the Republicans have done for decades. They've done it to the Democrats for decades, and Democrats have never had the bravery to fucking return the favor. But Joe Biden now has. I watch on TikTok and YouTube, on TV, all these tough guy Trumplicans screaming and yelling, saying, this isn't fair, this is tyranny. I've got other people saying, <laughs> I saw this one guy say, okay, it's on. Now you're going to see what happens. Three, two-thirds of this country are going to stop working because they don't want to fall in line with these vaccinations. And then when your country isn't running anymore, then what are you going to do? <laughs> really do? I mean, this is what they do. They make threats. They've got no substance. They've got no facts. They've got nothing behind them. But they make threats, hoping that you will fold. Well, since Joe Biden has come into office, nobody's folding anymore. But you see, these people don't learn. And it's not even so much that they don't learn. It's that that's all they have. That's all they know what to do. So this guy's telling me two-thirds of the country are going to quit work and it's going to shut down the country like when they told us the truckers were going to strike and they didn't. Yeah, it's not going to happen. But how could two-thirds of the people go on strike and shut down this country if half the country is fully vaccinated? Two-thirds with half vaccinated. Again, 
The math doesn't add up. It doesn't make any sense. And of course, if you decide to quit, and now you're not making any money, can't feed your family, but you're showing the government, but you can't feed your family. But you know what? The federal unemployment benefits, like you wanted, are gone now. You quit your job, you can't get unemployment, you can't get any help from the federal government, and God knows you don't think the federal government should should supply any. So go ahead, fucking quit. Try to shut down this country. All that means is we've got groups, organizations, and workplaces that are going to get rid of the toxic fucks that are in their businesses. Good. This is a bullying tactic tactic by Joe Biden, but it's not unprecedented. Presidents have done this before. It's their job to protect this country. And if it means forcing an issue through OSHA, who forces all kinds of issues on businesses, got to wear glasses, got to wear gloves, got to wear a mask, got to wear whatever. They do this all the time in businesses. So when they do this, It's perfectly legal. So for Joe Biden to suggest with the OSHA department to force people to be vaccinated and or tested via with COVID, it's perfectly legal. It's been done before. Remember when seatbelts first came out? I didn't want to fucking wear seatbelts. Never wore seatbelts. And I didn't wear seatbelts till I absolutely had to. But you know what? A lot of people felt the way I did. But you know what? Everybody's wearing fucking seatbelts, and it's for the betterment of the country. Fewer people are dying, and that's what's happening with the vaccination. These bullies don't like being bullied, but it's for their own good. Joe Biden's poll numbers are going down, but who gives a fuck? He's not running in 2024, but he knows this in the back of his mind. He's playing the long game. Yes, the poll numbers will go down as I'm doing this, but when it put into play, And it works. People start getting better. And the country gets back to normal. But then Joe's poll numbers will go through the fucking roof. You can't worry about today if you're trying to fix a hard problem. And Joe knows that. So he's doing what he's doing, taking the heat now. But when it's done and it works, and it will work, we've seen it work, then he's going to be the hero. So fuck the bullies. It's about time we slap them back in the mouth. That's what Joe Biden did. But we can't stop here. We've got all kinds of other situations where these idiots are bullying us. Insurrection, the corruption in government, uh, Donald Trump and his investigations. We need to start slapping bullies in the mouth and taking this country back. All right, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Once we're finally done with COVID, this country will be a different place than just prior to COVID. A lot of things have changed. A lot of things will change even more. And I think one of the things that are going to change is our health care. That's always been a thorn in the side of everybody. Republicans don't want to pay money to make sure people can afford health care. 
Other people think we should have free health care because, well, the first job of the government is to protect its people. And terrorism is one thing, but you've got people dying of ridiculous diseases, not getting the attention they can they need and not being able to afford to go in and see a doctor for a simple thing that now becomes a big thing and ultimately kills them. The government is responsible for protecting us, and it doesn't distinguish what it is to protect us from. It's from everything. That's why we pay them a lot of money in taxes. So we're going to see the health care situation change. Now, of course, the Republicans will say, we can't afford health care. It'll break the country. It'll be socialism. We can't do that. And I beg to differ. I mean, if we can send $2 trillion as a tax break to rich people, we can certainly put $2 trillion into health care. If we can spend $300 million a day for 20 years in Afghanistan, we can take that $300 million a day and put it into health care. Does that mean free health care? I don't fucking know, but at least it would be affordable, right? That's a lot of money. That's $2 trillion in 20 years, $2 trillion over a period of 5 or 10 years to these rich people. That's a lot of money that could go to the people who provided the money in the fucking first place. And that's where it should go. If you're an investor and you have to decide where to send your money, you send it to the most productive part of your portfolio. Now, if you've got rich people who don't pay taxes, that's not a productive investment. If you've got the middle class that provides all the taxes or most of the taxes, that's where you want to put your money. You want the middle class to flourish because then they keep making more money. You want to raise the the uh, minimum wage because now they're going to pay more taxes and buy more shit. You want to give them more opportunities to make more money, be more productive for the country, not only in physical things and services, but in the money they collect from you. That's common sense. The Republicans would like you to think otherwise, but that's bullshit. But since we're on the topic of the Republicans telling us, oh, we can't pay for health care, it's socialism. It will break the country. It will wreck democracy. Well, I have a quote for you here. It's kind of interesting. And this quote goes back more than 40 years. Um, now, you have to remember, in 1964, um, President Johnson signed in the Civil Rights Agreement or Civil Rights Amendment, giving people of color equal rights. And that's still have some work to be none done for that. And then in 1965, President Johnson signed in, signed in and got us um, Medicare and Medicaid. This is essentially health care for elderly people or retired people because they weren't able to pay for health care, and these are the people that need it the most. So Johnson signed in this Medicare and Medicaid. And anybody who grows to a certain age whether they're rich or poor, will take Medicare or Medicaid. Now, a prominent Republican back in the day, in the 60s, said, this Medicare and Medicaid would be the end of America, end of freedom. It would be socialism. It would end our democracy. Now, you know who said that? Ronald Reagan. Now, he wasn't president at the time. He was some dumb fucking actor. 
But he said, and everybody in the Republican Party said, Medicare and Medicaid would be the end of this country. It would be socialism. It would end our freedom. That's what they said 50 years ago, 55 years ago. Well, Ronald Reagan went on to be president, of course, and he maintained that attitude. That's why no health care situation was set up. But how did that comment age? Fifty-five years later, we have Medicare and Medicaid. We didn't end the country. We didn't fall into socialism. We didn't lose our freedom. So now these same people are using that same tired line when it comes to health care today for the people. If Medicare and Medicaid worked fine and it didn't end the country, why then would that not be the case for regular health care for regular people? You see, it's all a ruse. They're trying to tell you something that's not true and make you believe it. And unfortunately, there's a lot of Republicans that do believe it, either because they're greedy or they're just dumb fucks that don't know any better. So there you go. You've got uh, um, um, this whole argument already played out 55 years ago, and it proved it was wrong. So don't tell me about health care. Don't tell me about how it's going to ruin this country, because it's not. And it didn't when it was tested with Medicare and Medicaid. It's, uh, it's troubling to me that uh, we keep hearing this narrative, and some Democrats even uh, believe it. You tell a lie enough, and people will believe it. Well, I'm telling you right now, don't fucking believe it, because it's been proved to be wrong. What more do you need? But with all this COVID stuff and people dying by the hundreds of thousands and people getting sick by the tens of thousands, there's going to be a lot of people that can't afford it. And then you're going to have people that are unvaccinated and insurance companies are going to get tired of paying for sickness and death and ICU units. When all these people had to do is take the vaccination, we're seeing it already. We're seeing what's happening um, with Delta Airlines. Now, if you're unvaccinated, you've got to pay an extra $200 a month for your health insurance, and justifiably so. You're putting yourself in a dangerous situation. If you're a guy that jumps motorcycles over cars like Evil Knievel did, you're going to pay a higher insurance rate because you're more likely to be injured or killed. Well, that's the same way with vaccinations. You can say that this vaccination isn't right and you shouldn't force that on us. But let's be perfectly fucking honest. Mandatory vaccinations aren't new. Everybody, including the anti-vaccinators, were subject to mandatory vaccinations. You need vaccinations to go to school. You got to have certain vaccinations or you're not going to get into school. Now, I'll grant you, I'm talking about years and years and years ago, 1960s, but I remember being in my grade school, you know, doing our little grade school shit. We were all filed down to the gym. We all stood in line, and at the end of the line was this nurse, and she had this look like a gun of some sort, a medical gun. You'd walk up, she'd shoot you in the arm, you'd move down the line, go back to your room. And they did everybody in that school because it was mandatory. Now, we as kids didn't like it. Our parents liked it, though, because they know it was necessary and they know they didn't have to pay for it. So now everybody in school has been vaccinated. 
it's funny how we see all these military people saying, oh, I'm an anti-vaxxer, I'm not taking the vaccination. That's real funny, because when you went in the military, you were vaccinated with tons of shit. And you know what choice you had of those vaccinations? Fucking none. If you're going to be in the service, they own your body, and they're going to do what they need to do to you. And that means vaccinations, a lot of vaccinations. But now somehow, you want to say that these vaccinations are bad and you don't have to take them. Well, maybe technically and legally you don't have to take them. But you're going to have to take them if you want to work or go into stores, go into libraries, go into movie theaters, get on an airplane. That's where it's going to. Now, with Joe Biden giving out this mandate, a lot of people don't realize that he gave a mandate like that for all federal employees first. Now, he has the right to do that. He is essentially the CEO of every federal department over every federal employee. So as the CEO, he can say, if you're going to work for me, you're going to get the vaccination or a COVID test every week. Now, you still have your option not to get the COVID test, but you're going to have to find another job. That's the problem. We have rights, but there are consequences with those rights. If you think you can get your right without any consequences, you don't understand the Constitution. You don't understand how America works. You just want it to work the way you want it to work, so you try to bully people and, and uh, uh, blind them with your rage or your out upset. So, so he did that with the federal government. Now he's doing it with all companies throughout the country. And we talked about that, but here's, here's what that's going to do. It's going to cause a chain reaction, almost an avalanche. Now that we've got uh, vaccines that are FDA approved and more coming, now that we've got this mandate with companies, all the other smaller people, smaller companies, are going to be able to look to that as backing, as support, and feel comfortable in doing that. Up until this point, they thought they could be sued or taken to court and all that stuff. But now that you've got the federal government, the FDA, OSHA, backing you on this, they are going to do it. Now, people will say, what about the companies that that uh, don't want to have, have vaccine and masking uh, rules in their company? Well, go fucking ahead. But here's the thing. It's not just the employees you got to worry about. It's you got to worry about me and all these people out here that are potential customers. If you're the one place that doesn't have people vaccinated or wearing masks, I'm not fucking going in there. Go ahead. Exercise your right. But the consequence is that you're not going to have any business. You're going to lose. And if that's what you're willing to do, well, God bless you. Fucking do it. I don't care. It's ridiculous. But now all these, and besides, why would a business want to be a non-vax or a non-mask company? There's potential for your people getting sick. There's potential for your company to get shut down because of COVID. Haven't you been shut down enough? Don't you want to stay open and keep making money and let your company flourish? No owner of a company in his right mind or her right mind is going to not make that requirement, especially now since they have the backing. So this avalanche is going to fall on the anti-vaxxers. Everywhere they turn, they are going to have to have a vaccination or mask or COVID tests. And these people aren't going to know what to do. And they are fucking furious. 
They are absolutely furious. I've seen the TikToks. I've seen the YouTube stuff. And these people are crying and whining and all that stuff. And we talked about how they said, we're going to shut down the country because nobody's going to work. Well, that's bullshit. That's not going to happen. Everything you've told us that we were going to suffer through since Joe Biden beat Donald Trump, nothing has occurred. You're bullshitters. You talk big, but you got nothing to back it up with. But where I am concerned is a couple of days. Today is September 10th. Tomorrow is September 11th, the anniversary of 9-11. Now, I'm concerned on two fronts with this. On an anniversary like this, it isn't crazy to think that there might be some um, international terrorist that might want to react on that day just to reinforce what happened on 9-11. So we have to worry about international terrorism. But because of 9-11 and all these fucking alleged patriots, we've got to worry about domestic terrorism on September 11th. We haven't heard anything particular about that domestic terrorism-wise, but you never know with these crazy fucks. You've got to be ready for that kind of thing. Now, the real problem is September 18th. That is when they know they are planning a get-together in Washington, D.C., They're claiming uh, they want to finish what they started on January 6th because they were just a bunch of tourists. They were just having fun. It was peaceful. They weren't uh, just protesting, which is their right. Well, we know that's not what happened. We know we had a crowd of insurrectionists. Now, maybe there were some protesters there, but there were a ton of insurrectionists that did damage to our U.S. Capitol, wanted to hang our vice president and our Speaker of the House, pissed and shit inside our U.S. Capitol, the people's house. These people weren't quiet protesters. They weren't on a tourist trip. They're fucking animals, and they're coming back. We've heard from the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, and all these dumb fucks that say they're coming. We've got all the other idiots talking online and talking about violence and doing this and that and the other thing. And this is where the bullying thing comes back into play. Now, when they attacked on January 6th, they've got um, some cops out there, but not enough to handle the situation. They overran the cops and got into the Capitol. But now it's a different story. Now it's, they're going to be ready for it. The fences are going back up. There'll be more military there. There will be more military there, military and law enforcement. But the question I have is, is it the U.S. Capitol they're going to go after? Joe Biden, their nemesis, is sitting in the White House. Do they change it up and go to the White House? Will we be ready at the White House? I can only believe that the White House security is much heavier than the Capitol anyway. You know, they've got the sharpshooters on top of the White House. So anybody comes near the White House, this is going to be a problem. And as I mentioned in one of my TikToks, you'll remember that they're reviewing a video of a bomber who placed bombs at the RNC and DNC just ahead of the insurrection attack. And that seems horrible, and people are trying to figure out who it is. What troubles me most about that situation is that was clearly set up to be a distraction. Now, had those bombs gone off and done some damage and injured or killed people, what would happen? All those people, those police, the EMT, the fire departments, they'd all race to the bombing sites, which would leave the Capitol less protective, or maybe the White House less protected. 
So as much as they're coming and they're planning and they're talking about violence, we have to also consider the prospect of some kind of distraction to pull us away from the actual target like they did on January 6th or tried to do on January 6th. Now, I'm kind of in a quandary when I think about this September 18th thing. Because we know what they did on January 6th, so you have to take it seriously. And unlike we did the first time, we have to deal with these people like the bullies they are. It's not enough to just stand guard when they start getting violent. We need to slap these fuckers in the mouth. We need to make them pay for what they're trying to do to our country. We need to make sure that whatever we do ensures they don't do it a fucking again. So that means more than just standing there and saying, oh, no, please don't come in here. If you start pushing on gates, if you start trying to get to the Capitol or even the White House, now you're the enemy. Now you're a terrorist and you should be dealt with as such. And if that means sharpshooters on the White House shooting people, well, that's their job. Somebody trying to attack the White House or the Capitol, these people need to be put down because they are enemies. Yes, they are Americans, but they aren't behaving like that. We have to fight against domestic terrorism, too. Now you throw in this new mandate that uh, Joe Biden put in. Now that's going to escalate the anger and the rage and the violence in these people's minds. That's my biggest concern. September 11th, possibly. September 18th, more than likely. Now, again, I have to wonder, all this shit they've always claimed and always threatened, they never come through. I suppose it's possibility that nobody shows up on September 18th, and once again, they look foolish. But we can't plan on that because we can't trust or even know what they're going to do. So we have to assume that they're going to be there and they are going to be a problem on a number of levels. They tried it once, they failed, they make mistakes. Well, maybe this time they don't make mistakes. So we can't wait around and just see what they're going to do. There needs to be decisive and uh, direct response to these idiots we've got to because if we don't do it this time then the next election it will happen and then the next 9-11 or september 18th it will happen this will go on endlessly until they do till we do what i did to my dad and my brother did to my dad we slapped him in the mouth made a threat that he could believe and then he didn't have the courage and he walked away now, I'm not suggesting we have to shoot numbers of insurrectionists, but we have to scare the fuck out of them and make them know that they are going to pay a big price if they continue doing what they're doing. Since they are bullies, they are cowards. So we have to give them a reason to cower and then double that, double that effort to make sure they don't think about this again. This is potentially a problem on September 18th. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully we were prepared. But more importantly, as long as we're prepared, and if they come in a violent uh, wave, we need to act appropriately. And it's not time to be the typical Democrat or liberal. It's time to be a Joe Biden bully ass kicker. And again, sometimes they only understand what they do to other people. You can't reason with them. You can't, you can't talk to them because they don't listen. That's one thing I've learned. So at some point, you just got to cancel them or fight them or do whatever you have to do. And hopefully the U.S. government and Joe Biden is prepared to do that on September 18th should something drastic happen. 
All right, we're going to wrap things up for another Rational Boomer podcast. I want to remind you to send your questions to rationalboomer at gmail.com or go to anchor.fm and look for Rational Boomer, and then you can leave a voicemail message as well. Thanks for taking the time to listen to me. We've got more Rational Boomer podcasts coming up. They're coming up like every other day, maybe more frequently than that. But we're going to be here for you, trying to explain some of the things that are going on, maybe tell you some of the things that the news does not tell you. And it won't be bullshit. It'll all be based on fact. Trust that. Anyway, you have yourself a great week. We'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.